tonight, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask uh, for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, we ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts tonight, give us exactly what we need to hear. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. Well, we're kind of small in number, but let's really sing out tonight. Make up for make up for not very many here. And I'll do my best. Uh, page 505. Since Jesus came into my heart, aren't you glad he's in your heart? Page 526. 
26. In my heart there rings a melody. this evening.
All right. Well, good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Thank you for being here on this cold, uh, wintry night. But uh, it's good to be back in the pulpit. I do appreciate uh, Brother Bobby coming in and filling in for us and then having uh, Brother Danny fill in. It's always a joy to hear that uh, uh, everything went well. And uh, it's not so much of a joy when people want you to go back on vacation. So uh, they said, aren't you going to be gone longer? And no, I I do appreciate Brother Danny and Brother Greg and those that filled in and uh, appreciate your prayers. Um, We uh, are doing very well, feel great and um, no complications. So we give God all the glory and uh, do appreciate the prayers of uh, this church. And uh, so I'll thank you so much for that. Uh, I do appreciate each one of your love, support to, uh, to our family. I'd like to, uh, as we begin to look at 2018, that just can you believe that in just a few days it's going to be 2018? Uh, 2017 has just flown by. And uh, I tell you, there's been a lot of ups. There's been some downs. But God is, still gets the glory. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, as we approached 2018, I was, I was beginning to uh, pray about what to uh, start a series or what to do. And um, I, I've been uh, through the book of Philippians before, but the Lord has given me some more thoughts on the book of Philippians. I, I believe that as we approach 2018, we ought to be Christians uh, that are joyful. Um, I, I, I want to be known as a joyful Christian. One that just really enjoys the things of the Lord. Uh, just, uh, I mean, we should be happy. Uh, someone has said that the Christian is the best as one of God's best advertisements. Just, you know, people ought to see what, the, your life and say, you know what, they've got something uh, that I want. I want to I have that, uh, where I have that peace that passes all understanding. Now, they wouldn't use those terms, but... Uh, they, they would. They want that desire. They have that desire to be joyful, even during hard times. And I'm I'm here to tell you that in 2018 is not going to be any different than any year we've had before. We're going to have trials, and we're going to have troubles. But I want to encourage us to remain joyful, to remain uh, at peace with what God has put in our lives. So I'd like to look at the book of Philippians as we head into the new year. The book of Philippians is a book that brings encouragement and brings comfort to uh, so many. I mean, there's so many good verses in the book of Philippians. Uh, In chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing that uh, which he hath begun in you a great, uh, I'm sorry, that he which hath begun a great work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, verse 11, it says, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In chapter 3, verse 14, one of the most well-known verses, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4, 19, But my God shall supply all of your needs, according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's, uh, it's a book that brings much encouragement, much comfort uh, in days to come. I, I'm telling you, we're going to need a book to keep us uh, in focus and to keep us in tune with what the Lord has for us. And as we enter 2018, I want to be a rejoicing Christian. Uh, we have much to rejoice about. 
You've heard me say this before. If all we have is our salvation, we should die happy. We should die joyful just knowing that we have our salvation. And uh, I, I believe that with all my heart. But the book of Philippians also is a book of rejoicing. That's, that's what's known as a book of rejoicing. So I'm going to look at that a little bit tonight and maybe for the next few weeks as the Lord allows. But please turn with me to book of Philippians chapter number 1. Book of Philippians chapter number 1. And uh, we're going to read just a few verses here. In Philippians, the Bible says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making a request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for allowing us to be in this uh, this setting tonight. Lord, I pray that you would be with those that are away from us tonight due to sickness, due to vacation, due to uh, um, just other circumstances. Lord, I ask that you would just be with each one of us. Lord, I pray that uh, tonight that you'll speak to our hearts, give us exactly what we need to help us to be rejoicing Christians in these uh, last days, I believe. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. A rejoicing Christian, as I said before, is one of God's best advertisements. Uh, every human being, their desire, I believe their desire is that uh, they are happy. They have a desire within them, uh, but the, many seek happiness uh, in all the wrong places. They seek it apart from God. They seek it in drugs and alcohol. They seek it in women. They seek it in uh, the things of this world. You see, true joy is a byproduct of our fellowship with God. True joy is a byproduct of our fellowship with God. We can spend our lives wishing that we were happy. We can spend our lives or hoping that something fantastic would happen in our lives to bring some kind of joy or an excitement to our lives. But in reality, joy comes as a result of our obedience to Christ. Joy comes as a result of obedience to Christ, the one who made us. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, That will show me the path of life, and thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. At thy right hand are there pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you, are you close enough to the Lord? Are you close enough to experience the joy of His presence in our lives? Are we close enough? Are we walking at his right hand, enjoying the fellowship of his company. And you see, God desires that we have joy. But notice how he couples joy with obedience. In John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Now notice this. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I, uh, have I, I'm sorry, my papers aren't turning that fastest. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. 
God wants us to have joy. He wants us to have life and to have it more abundantly. But joy is, doesn't come uh, apart from being obedient to the, the, to the Lord. See, this church at Philippi was not only experienced a joyful Christian life, but also brought joy to others. I, I, I believe that it's, uh, you know, Christmas time, we, we hear it often that it's better to give than to receive. And that should be our hearts, that should be our intentions, is it's better to give than to receive. Well, I believe as we think about this, these folks not only had joy, but they, they brought joy to other people. And uh, I'd like to point out three thoughts that will enable us to remain joyful in these hard times. Number one, Paul reminds the, uh, the church here at, uh, uh, in Philippi of church order. Of church order. Look there in verse 1 again. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. The local church is God's institution that he has ordained to carry out his marching orders, to carry out his, God has promised his power, his provision, his protection to the church. And God has, uh, if we want to remain joyful, we'll fall under the, uh, the auspice of the church. We'll fall under the orders of the church, follow those orders. God doesn't give people to build churches. He gives churches to build people. And uh, God can build the church without you or I. But we need the local church to help be involved in our lives. That, uh, when one of us are hurting, we all hurt. When one of us are rejoicing, we all rejoice. That's what the church comes along the side and, and encourages and helps. See, God expects that we follow the church order. Notice the church will not solve, the church will not solve all your problems. Some people think, well, if I just get in church, that'll take care of all my problems. No, that won't take any care of uh, all your problems. I can say this. If you're in church, you'll have people to go through those problems with you. You'll have people to pray with you. I, I've said this last week. I've had so many people call me and text me and send me cards and say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I hope that you're feeling better. And I tell you what, what would we do without our church I mean, we all can be put in that same order when we've had hard times, we've had difficulties, and our church come along this side with our loving arms and just wrap our arms around each other and say, hey, we love you. If there's anything we can do, we want to be there for you. The church is such a blessing. No, the church will not solve all your problems or prevent troubles from coming in your life, but it can provide a place where people can love and pray during these trials and, and can encourage you during these things. And you can receive strength from God's word to face trials. Hey, how can we stay rejoicing? Get, follow God's orders. Be in, involved in church. Paul shows us three groups of people here in the opening statement. The first one, he says, the servants of God. He said, Paul and Timotheus, the, the servants of Jesus Christ. That word servant literally means a slave. Did you know that we have been bought with a price? We are slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we should glorify the Lord with our body and our mind, our soul, which are his. Which are his. We've been bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself. We are servants of Jesus Christ. We belong to him. And if we all understand this, this will help us to rejoice. I belong to my master and I have to follow his leadership in my life. I follow his rules for my life. 
You see, over and over, Paul in his letters refers to himself and others who work in the ministry and who labor and love uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ as servants of Jesus Christ. We might tend to chalk this up to uh, Paul's humbleness of saying he's a servant, but in reality, there is no higher calling on earth. There's no higher calling than to be a servant of Jesus Christ, to serve the master of masters, to serve the king of kings. There's no higher calling. Uh, someone has asked me, and when I was younger, uh, you know, as a youth pastor, they asked me, and one of the teenagers, Pastor, uh, pastor Ricky, would you, would you want to be president? And I literally told him this, for me to be president, I would have to take a step down because I love what God has called me to do. Being in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ, being a servant of him. See, we are living in a time when so many, so many today want to come to church to be entertained. Uh, they want us to meet their needs. What a tremendous joy is found in serving. In serving. You see, that's where we've got our, our uh, that's where the church today and I lose, use that term very loosely. The church today is all messed up. They have this concept of what can the church give me? What does it ha the church have to offer me? What do we have to offer God? That's what, the, that's what the question needs to be. What can I do to serve the Lord? How can I serve the Lord in this local ministry here? But we're living in a time where entertainment and what can you do for me is, is, is the question. You see, there was a purpose of our Savior. Uh, this was not the purpose of our Savior coming to earth to, to be served. Uh, he says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. You see, culture today emphasizes self-esteem, self-image, and self-confidence. But God says, the Bible says this, For even Christ pleased not Himself. You see, joy is, found in get, is, is not found in getting something out of the church. Joy is found in giving to the church. Giving to the Lord. Giving of yourself to the Lord. Again, remember the words of the Lord. It says how He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul and Tim Timothy were glad to give of themselves to the church as servants of God. They didn't find it a... Uh, a belittling uh, um, name to be a servant of Jesus Christ. They said that about themselves. Notice in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, it says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Servants for Jesus' sake. We need to be thankful for pastors and missionaries and evangelists and other Christian workers who are a blessing to the local church. But each of us within the local church, each person in this room should desire to minister to others. It's not just the calling of the pastor and the deacons and the missionaries and the evangelists. It's the calling of every born-again believer, every Christian to minister unto others, to be a blessing and to serve others. Let me ask you, are you using the gifts that God has given to you? Be a good steward of the gifts that God has entrusted into you. The Bible says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith. 
Let me ask you, have you prayed for your church today? Have you prayed for your pastor, your missionaries, your Sunday school teacher? Have you asked your Sunday school teacher, your pastor, what can I do to help, to be an assistance, to, to, to be a blessing to our Sunday school or, or our church? What can I do to help? You see, are you giving of your time and your talents, your treasures to your church? The joy of the Christian life comes through service rather than selfishness. You know why so many people are so discouraged today? Selfishness. Eyes are on them. It's on me. But I tell you, when we get our eyes off of ourselves, keep our eyes focused on Him, which is our theme for this next year, keeping our eyes focused on Him, I tell you, that will bring joy in our hearts God, I want to be pleasing to you. I don't care what comes my way. I just want to be pleasing to you. But then I want you to notice next, he, uh, he lists the saints of God. Look there in the uh, latter part of verse 1. It says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. Paul addresses all those who are in Christ Jesus as saints. Now, if you notice, there are some uh, false religions, I'll say it that way, that Catholics want to say that only a select few are saints in Jesus Christ. St. Paul and St. Peter and St. whoever. and Only a select few, but can I tell you, the Bible tells us right here that we are saints. Once we are born again, we become saints of Jesus Christ. See, that moment that we trust the Lord as our Savior... God's addressing us. Do you realize that we are a saint? Now, I know none of us are perfect, but we are saints in Jesus Christ. As Paul greets the church here at Philippi, he addresses it to all the saints. Thank God that the ground at the cross is level. There isn't anyone greater than you. There isn't anyone worse than you. At the cross, it's level playing field there. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're all saints in Christ Jesus. God does not discriminate. Once saved, one is not more important than another. We are all saints in Christ Jesus. If we're not careful, this is what happens. We tend to think because someone is up on the pulpit or because someone is more involved in the ministry, someone sings, someone does this or someone does that, someone's a deacon, someone's a pastor, someone's a missionary, someone's an evangelist. We have, hold them in higher esteem, sure, but they're, just, they're a saint just like you are. They're no greater than you are. I'm no greater than anyone in this, per, in this room. We're all called to be servants and to be saints of Jesus Christ. Paul warns against such comparison. The Bible says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. God's telling us here, hey, don't compare yourself to, to, to Brother Tim. Don't compare yourself to Brother Duke. Don't compare yourself to Pastor Brown. Don't compare yourself among yourselves. Compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can tell you this, when we do that, each one of us falls short of the glory of God. We fall short. I can't say I'm any better than anyone here. I'm not to compare myself to anyone else but to the Lord. 
I believe we will no doubt be surprised in heaven. When we get to heaven, that there's going to be some people that are going to receive some crowns, they're going to receive some glory, I guess you'd say, I don't know, but uh, they're going to be in a, uh, exalted with rewards, if you will, for their faithful service that maybe we might not have thought of. Maybe it's a little widow lady that gave all that she had. Maybe it was uh, the, the widower that was just faithful in his faithful in his Bible reading and sharing the gospel with people. Sometimes we have this idea it's the people that are doing the multitudes, that are doing the mass production, if you will, the mass volumes of things that we think, oh man, they're just... But I believe God has called each one of us to be faithful in what He's called us to do. The Bible says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Every saint is, is saved to serve. But then I want you to notice the selected of God. He says there in verse 1 again, With bishops and deacons. God has uh, designed leaders within the local church. And Paul mentions the two offices here of the local church, the pastors and the deacons. And all saints are to serve the local church. But these, these pastor, these deacons, these men are designated to serve as the leaders. Um, and, and there are some strict qualifications. You can find those in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1 uh, that that hold these qualifications that these deacons, these pastors need to uh, fall in order. The Bible says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. As members of the church, we should be praying daily for the pastors and the deacons, those in leadership positions of our church. We need to be praying daily. Carefully keep their instructions and their guidance. How sad it is for many that pay no attention to what uh, their leadership has to say and, and, and what the pastor preaches and the things like that. No wonder God will not uh, bless their lives for they are living in direct disobedience and violation to God's command. I'm not saying here, uh, standing up here all high and mighty, but I'm telling you this. If Bible says, thus saith the Lord, and the preacher's preaching, thus saith the Lord, it behooves you to listen what God has to say. See, we need to pray in the respect and honor and follow the leadership that God has placed over us in the local church. The Bible says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. You see, you want to be rejoicing. You want to rejoice always. Know your position. Know your position. What are you? You are a servant of Jesus Christ. Not only are you a servant of Jesus Christ, you are a saint that ought to bring joy into our lives. Then I want you to notice the results of constant obedience. You know, flipping, look there in verse 2. It says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father 
and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy comes as a result of obedience to God. It's simple, but it's true. A child who disobeys his parents, they're not going to be too happy if they have parents that are biblical parents that are going to uh, chasten their children be times. You know, they're not going to be too happy. They're not going to have a lot of joy. You see, an athlete who disobeys his coach is not going to be happy sitting on the, on the bench. A student who disobeys his teacher is not going to be happy with his report card. The, ch- the Christian who lives in disobedience is not going to be happy under the chastening hand of the Lord. So that makes sense that as we are obedient to the Lord, joy comes as a result. I can tell you this, when I was a kid, man, I could, when I'd done right, I couldn't wait for my parents to go home. I was like, I wanted to show off and look out, you know, I cleaned the house, look what I'd done. Look at all these things, mom, look, look, dad, look what I've done. But I can tell you this, when I didn't obey my parents and I didn't do what I should have done, I wasn't so excited for them to get home. It didn't bring much joy to me when they got home. It's the same thing as we serve the Lord. If we are obedient to Him, there's going to be joy. Lord, Lord, look, I've been obedient to you. And that brings joy into our hearts. Happy is he, happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. The Apostle John was merely expressing the heart of God when he said this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice the blessings that God promises to those who obey him. There's, there's two priceless gifts here that he says, grace be unto you and peace. Grace and peace are, are things that we don't deserve None of us deserve God's grace. The Bible says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We should all echo the words of the Apostle Paul when he said this, By the grace of God I am what I am. You see, it's because of this first gift of grace that we can enjoy the second gift of peace. Without God in our lives, peace is not possible. Can I tell you, there's, there's people that are in uproar daily. I don't see how they survive in this. I don't understand how I survived before I got saved. I mean, how I, there wasn't any peace really in my life. But once I got saved, there was a peace. And, and God gives that peace to us, a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19. Peace, peace to him that is afar off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord. And I will heal him, but the wicked are like the troubled sea, when, the, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked." Just a few chapters later, the prophet adds this in Isaiah 59, 8. It says this, The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Peace and grace of God, byproducts of obedience and faithfulness to the God. The world cannot offer a 
that the world can offer a certain amount of pleasure, but it cannot offer peace to you. Do you realize that? I mean, it can give you... A, uh, the Bible even says there's pleasure of sin for a season. However, Jesus Christ overcame the world and thus offers us peace. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We often think of peace that comes at salvation as a result of forgiveness of sins. But God also gives a sustaining peace that will carry us through every difficult situation in life. The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Neither grace nor peace can be purchased, merited, earned. They are gifts from God. Grace and peace are priceless. But then I want you to notice the last thing. The rejoicing in a companionship ongoing. Look there in verse 3 through 5. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Our earthly relationships are short-lived. Um, I had an uncle that just passed away um, just yesterday. Um, I believe he's 68 years old, something like that. Short-lived. You know, we have loved ones that have passed on before that. Short-lived. You know, we've all made friends that will last a lifetime, only to find them dissolved at uh, graduation. We, we say, oh, yeah, they're going to be friends for life as we go to high school. But then at graduation day, I, there's people that I've, I haven't seen since graduation were my closest friends. They're short-lived. We often make relationships and friendships that are, uh, that are just short on a job or uh, in work situation, church situations. But think about our relationship with God. It is never dissolved. You know, when we pass from this earth, we just go on to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The apostle's heart rejoices as he thinks about his relationship with the believers in Philippi. Notice there was a joyful pondering here. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You may not, uh, some of you have been in church for many years. Uh, I know Miss um, Kimberly had a church in Indianapolis. She's got a lot of loved ones that are there in Indianapolis that she's really dear and close to um, that you don't get to see all the time. But the thing is, you can, I can think of every remembrance of you and pray for them. And, and, that, and the thing of it is, is that this life, it's short-lived, but when we get on the other side, it's going to be forever. I think of uh, the lady by, that got me into church that came when I was a kid and uh, came and got me. Her name was Pauline Bush. Uh, she's, on, she's been with the Lord for about 20 years now. But you know what? I, can, I think of her often because I believe she's one of the, the reasons I'm here today. And you know what? I think of her, and, and as I think of her, I'm going to see her again one day. 
I'm going to see her again. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot, the Bible says. Certain names in history rot on the pages due to their wicked lifestyles. You think of, you think of certain people in the Bible. You think of King Saul. You think of wickedness. You think of certain people in the Bible. You think of wickedness. You think of blessedness of other people. A good name is better than a precious ointment, the Bible says. Then notice the joyful praying. It says, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. What a privilege to pray for others and do it joyfully. I, I had this challenge given to me when I was, there was a man that I knew that did not like me when I was at Lifeline. He, he hated my guts. And the feelings were kind of mutual. And uh, I went to Brother, Brother Taylor and I asked him, I said, man, I, everything I do, I, I can't get this guy. I, he hates me. I don't know what his deal is. He asked me, he goes, have you prayed for him? I was like, man, you always want to use Bible. So I said, no, I hadn't prayed for him. He says, try praying for him. I began praying for that man. And at first it was a duty, but then it became a delight. And I began praying for him and saying, God, soften his heart, touch his his heart, and before you know it, that man loved me to death. God changes things, but it was a first. It was not so much a joyful prayer, then it became a joyful prayer. I could pray for him. The prophet Isaiah wrote this, and he bare the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. We pray for the lost today. The rich man. Think about this. The rich man, and that was mentioned in Luke chapter sixteen. He's praying for someone. He was praying for someone to go to his five brethren that they wouldn't go to the same place of torment. Could it be that there are people in hell that are spending more time praying for the lost than we are? Praying joyfully, praying not so much for them to rot in hell, but praying that their souls would be saved. See, what a blessing it is also to pray for fellow Christians as Paul does here. We're commanded in Galatians 6, 2, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I can remember a, a time of uh, invitation one time and I asked for someone to lift their hand if they needed prayer, personal prayer situation. And they, they said, uh, uh, I said, I can pray for you. That's, a, that's the least I can do. There was a dear lady that came to me sometime as she came to me after services and she said, oh, Pastor Ricky, she said, don't say that's the least you can do. That's the most you can do. Sometimes we belittle prayer, not really doing it on purpose, but we belittle prayer. That's the most that we can do as Christians. That's the best we can do is to pray for one another. But then I want you to know the joyful partnership. The Bible says there in verse 5, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, those of who are saved are all on the same team. Realize this, we're not, you know, other churches, Brother West's church and Brother Birch's church, Brother Selby's church, other churches in the area, we're not competing. If we're saved, we're, we're, we're serving the same Lord. We're, listen, we're on the same team. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. 
Instead of criticizing or fighting with God and his people, we ought to be exercising ourselves. The Bible says, and here, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense toward God and toward men. In conclusion, Paul doesn't waste any time as he opens up this book of Philippians. Much could be accomplished in the work today if we would just have placed proper church order and be consistent, have consistent obedience. You want to be joyful? Then be obedient. Do it consistently, but then also this companionship ongoing. And what area of your life are you hindering God's work today? Let's ask the Lord to bless our efforts. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, as we look at the book of Philippians, Lord, we see how you want us to rejoice in the fact that we are servants of you. We are, we are called for a purpose, and that purpose is to serve you and to serve the church. God, not only are we servants, but we are, we are saints. This, this, this place is not our home. We are, uh, as saints, we are, we are um, more than conquerors. We are already, Lord, it's as if we are already in heaven. Lord, I pray that we will be rejoiceful Christians even during adversity, even during uh, troubling situations, Lord, that we would find joy in serving you. Find joy in keeping our eyes focused on you. Lord, I do thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And Lord, if there's one here that maybe they've drawn away from uh, some things, maybe they're not as close to you as they should be, Lord, I pray tonight that they would be challenged and Lord, that we would find a new focus in you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I encourage you to find a place at the altar if God has spoke to your heart. Let me ask you this question as you're sitting there and examine yourself. Let me ask you this when people see your life, do they want what you have? Are you a joyful Christian? Are you one that when they see you, they say, you know what, there's something different about that person. I want that joy. I want that peace. If not, I believe it's today. Now we need to say, God, give me that peace. Give me that joy that others may see that in my life. Come find a place at the altar. attitude of prayer. I want to ask that you would pray for my dad's brother. His name is Roy, Roy Brown. Pray for his family as this time of bereavement. Also would ask that you would pray for, um, pray for my dad. He's in the hospital now. He's got pneumonia. And so he's had a very rough, uh, week, um, Pray for my dad's got pneumonia. Also pray for Gary Paget Sr. He did have a stroke and um, he is getting very frustrated, unable to communicate with his family. Uh, he can't talk. Um, 
So would ask that you would pray for Gary Paget Sr. Pray for the whole family as they they're trying to uh, minister to him. Pray for Brother uh, Roger Amos. His uh, his heart went out of rhythm again this week, um, and he's going to go in and get shocked again on Friday. So pray for Roger Amos. All right. Any other prayer requests tonight? Yes, Miss. Good. Okay. Pray for Jacqueline, Miss Evelyn's sister, has a stomach bug, and uh, they got a little one, eight, just a few uh, weeks old, and um, pray for that the baby don't get it, but also her husband. All right. Anyone else? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for the opportunity we have to pray and the privilege we have to pray. Lord, I do ask that you would hear these petitions according to your will and answer them. Lord, we ask for uh, comfort and peace in this time of bereavement for my, uh, for my uncle's family, the Roy Brown family, for my dad as he's, uh, he's uh, discouraged and just with sickness and then also in the loss of his sister last month and his brother this month and... Uh, Lord, I pray that you just comfort him and give him peace in this time of trouble. Lord, I ask that you would be with Gary Padgett uh, Sr. as he's uh, uh, recovering from this stroke. Lord, I ask that you would be with the doctors, give them wisdom, be with uh, the family as they minister to Brother Gary. Lord, I ask that you would be with Brother Roger as he's uh, going back in this Friday. Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, help him to... Uh, feel better, Lord, to, for his heart to stay in rhythm. And, uh, Lord, pray that you would just meet those needs. Also for uh, Evelyn's sister, Jacqueline, Lord, I pray that uh, she would uh, recover quickly and also that the, the, the baby and her husband doesn't get sick uh, as a consequence of this. Lord, I ask that you would just strengthen them. Lord, I ask that you be with our church. Help us to grow in grace and, uh, and mercy and love. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just be with us as we go our separate ways. And Lord, I pray that you bring us back to the next appointed time. Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a couple announcements and we'll be dismissed. If you do have an offering, you can just drop it in the plate as you uh, are walking out. But anyways, this coming Sunday uh, would be the 31st and there'll be no PM service uh, on the, this Sunday, okay? We'll have Sunday morning service, but no p.m. service. And then on Saturday, that'll be the following Saturday, uh, there'll be prayer breakfast, and uh, looking forward to that, picking that back up. And so that starts at 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday, June, January the 7th. Also, I believe it is uh, January the 27th, 6th. Uh, January 26th, the teens are going to be going to uh, Hoosier Hills. It's going to be an overnight thing. We're going to go tubing, uh, but then also uh, they're going to uh, they're going to have a prayer service, uh, 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 Bible service, and things such as that. So uh, that that'll be coming uh, January the 26th. 
we got to leave here at 4 o'clock, so if your teens would like to go, uh, the cost is $50. However, never make uh, that be a, uh, uh, a decision whether they go or not. We have money in their account, so uh, if someone needs help, um, just let us know. And by all means, that's what it's there for, to be a help and encouragement to our teenagers and also to the parents. All right, I think that's all the announcements that I have. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here tonight. Come back when, uh, Sunday morning, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. Brother Danny, sir, would you close us in a word of prayer? Thank you.